What is up, you little meanies? I hope you're sipping a nice whiskey pina colada and relaxing in a romantic bubble bath, preparing your favorite time of the night. That time when three young men fill your ears with their smooth voices telling tales of love and loss. Mmm. Now about those smooth voices. This is actually the first episode we recorded after Zach moved, so we used Anchor's feature, hashtag not an ad, that allows us to call him in to record in the same call. It's really great that we're able to do that, but the audio quality is definitely not as great. Unfortunately, until we work out some more advanced plans, this is how the quality will be for at least a couple more episodes. But stick with us, and we'll be sure to give you those sweet-sounding voices again soon. This is a bit of an interlude episode, so we'll probably have two episodes before we get into our next main arc, but there will still be plenty of awesome stuff to come in this episode, and lots of brilliant story from Chaz. We've got a big surprise for you at the end. As always, you can find the song we use on SoundCloud by my friend Downer. He just released a new song that really bangs, so go check him out. Use our hashtag too, hashtag MMGCast. Use that on Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Shout us out, leave comments. We love hearing from you. Okay, I'll shut up now because we're about to waste like five more minutes of your life like we always do at the beginning of episodes. So let's just get this biz rolling. Previously on Monsters and Mean Guys. I hoped you would have recognized me by now. I'm Elizabeth. You see clay shattered on the ground. When he fell, another was chosen. You need to go to Washington. DC, I should specify. You watch as Prometheus reconstructs clay. Metal plates shoot up all the windows of the car and the doors lock. You hear a voice from the van. Where is Clay Valentine? He's gone. Destination, Washington, DC. Orders, Deacon. up you little meanie it's 222 make a wish well 12 so you're two hours behind us dude let me tell you the future is bleak we can time time travel yeah yo all right we're going to tell you your character dies in about an hour (laughs) oh we've already recorded the podcast so that's in like Two hours for me. Yeah. Or three, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have so time. What is up, little monsters? We are recording across the country today from 
dank weed Colorado. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> to Super Bowl Atlanta. Jeez. Oh, um so this is the first attempt at recording from a distance and please forgive us if there are issues. There will not be. There won't be. Hey, but let's uh, send out a quick awesome thank you to Anchor for letting us do this through their uh, through their app. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Pretty easy, huh? Now, based on our standard editor, you won't get this until maybe 2020. Damn, this is just nonstop, huh? You know, I can just stop this. All right. I mean, I understand it's my project, but I can just stop it and put you in your place. Oh yeah, we'll still fucking show must go on. Still play. Who's Zach, whistling? Do you hear? I'm just gonna kill. I'll kill off Arnold's character, and then it'll just be you and me, and monsters. Monster and mean guy. Monster and mean guy. <laughs> Monster and guy. Um. Okay. So let's pick up. Pick up where we left off. Uh. At the end of our last adventure. Oh. Okay. That's what you're doing. Uh. At the end of our last adventure, you. Yeah, I hear it. Somebody's watching like football on TV, and it's just like whistling constantly. Either that, or someone's driving past, and there's a person. Oh, which happens. There's a dude. There's a there's a dude in the road with a whistle. All right, this is some great podcast stuff. Um, so where we last left off was you guys had just completed uh, my first flame arc, had saved Sanctum, and were about to reclaim your prize. That was this old van, and as you got in, Siri sprang to life and strapped you guys down and took you on your way to Washington, D.C. under the orders of Deacon. Um, any questions? Anything you guys don't remember? No? That's good. You are the ones I normally have to remind things. The, the listeners keep up fairly easily. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, how do I play the game? What um, is... Monster of the Week. What's my name again? Slan. Typical Slan. Forgetting everything. Slander. Okay. Slander. Um, let's get Who some storytelling going. Okay. <coughs> mm. Mm. The car bumps atop a gravel road. Sloan and Ben, you sit in the front seats of Siri. The van you were gifted saving Sanctum. You've now entered Washington, D.C. Taken... You've taken down a few off-roads and are surrounded by woods. And as the van takes you to an unknown destination on the orders of a man named Deacon, you assume a man. It's been a fairly uneventful drive throughout. You guys have struggled against the restraints. You've tried to explain yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you've tried to tell her exactly what happened in Sanctum. Um, but you guys can tell me if there's anything else you tried, and I can tell you exactly how it went down. Did you guys do anything? It's been about a 12-hour drive. A 12-hour drive. She took her time. Wow. Just me and Sloan. And Siri. And Siri. Well, uh, um, I feel like, I feel like we probably had to answer a lot of questions from Siri. She was, uh, she was asking what you were doing, why you were in the car, and basically just getting a, a rundown of different things. Now, the question is, did you guys tell the truth? Hmm. Did you tell her what happened in Sanctum? Were you that freaked out by this van? I think... I think, like, Ben wouldn't have any reason to lie, but Ben 
would still not be completely open to telling all the details. Yeah, I don't think it would have been every single detail. Yeah, so like especially near the end. Yeah, but enough. Like there was a there was a monster that had taken the town. It killed Clay Valentine, and you stopped it. Yeah, yeah. We told her, you know, what we had to tell her about Clay. Okay, so like that's that's the brief you amount. Know, that's all we really need. He uh, he wasn't answering his texts, <laughs> and uh, he decided to drop the drop the quest for glory. For Gloria. For Gloria. That's not a <laughs> throwback. Uh, okay, cool. So then it's near the end of it's near what you guys are hoping is the end of the drive. Uh, and the past couple hours has been fairly silent after she got what she could from you. And um, you you left something, one little thing kind of out of detail, and it was what exactly happened to Clay. Uh, it was mentioned that he's no longer here, but she, Siri eventually breaks the silence. She goes, uh, what? Um, what happened to Clay Valentine? Uh, the, the demons got her, like, him, her, <laughs> it, they, uh, like, what do you mean? We don't know. He was killed by a bad man. I'm sorry. There's silence again. And, um. Suddenly, there's a man in the road in front of you on this dirt gravel road. She made a right turn. He showed up. And as you were driving towards him, he's right in the center. He lifts his right hand up, shapes it into a finger gun, and he pulls the imaginary trigger. Trigger. Wow. And there's a crack of thunder as a cannonball encased in black flames launches out of his fingers and heads towards Siri. Oh, fuck. Siri starts shooting up the metal plates around the windows, but it's not fast enough. And a ball of obsidian flame hits Siri, and you feel the van flip forward. And right, we, what we have right now is kind of a saving Private Ryan moment between the t- with the two of you, where you're both in kind of a shell shock. Everything gets quiet. You wake up, blood. You guys are suspended upside down by the seatbelts. Uh, your eyes blink open. The windows are all shattered. Siri is upside down and and all is silent. You're in shock. There's no wind, there's no birds. When footsteps start to head your way, they're heavy, they're slow, and with each, there is a cackle of fire you hear after it. If you were to look out the front window, which I assume you guys do as you're kind of waking up, you would see a man in a formal suit, covered head to toe in scars and stitches, Carrying a black, uh, carrying a glass jar with a powdery black substance, and each step he takes leaves a fiery imprint in the ground. He is—he's walking towards Siri right now. Do you guys do anything? Do you try to do anything? Does anything happen? Can I move? You are—you uh, have to break the seatbelt first, really. But yeah, you can try to move. Yeah, I, I try to pop off the seatbelt and. And scramble to open a door and get out as quickly as I can. There's a, um, as you, as you hit the seatbelt, uh, there's a shock and Siri mildly malfunctions and the seatbelt retracts. 
Uh, you go to the door. Can you roll a plus stuff for me? Eleven plus one, twelve. You break the door off, <laughs> and it fly and it flies uh, to the side. Apparently, you have this unknown strength under stressful situations, which is fun. Sloan, do you do anything? I break. I uh, undo my seatbelt and leave out the door he broke. Good call. Okay, so you don't have to make any roll. Uh, so you find a way to undo it, and you guys are crawling out, and uh, this individual starts passing by on the other side of the vehicle and he stops for a second. He makes eye contact with first Ben, then Sloan. You see these black empty eyes of agent Clay Valentine. And then he looks forward and he just keeps walking. Do you guys do anything? Hey, so he's not, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and as you say, hey, the whole world blows now. Uh, before, he doesn't react. He just keeps walking forward until a, um, a mirror of black fire, just, which is a weird thing to describe, just appears in front of him. It kind of forms from the earth below and rides up in front of him. And he permeates right through it. And it collapses again into nothing, leaving only a kind of a horrifying smoke smile in the wind. And he's gone? And he's gone. And both of you hear Siri's voice kind of distorted as it's uh, as uh, out of the van. And it's... Thank you. Are you guys both standing? Are you guys standing like near it or... Yeah, I run to her. Okay. And um, the key pops out of the ignition, and you hear it say, take the key, find the entrance, the code, 1451, rebirth. Uh, and when you look at when you, if you take it and when you look outside, you'll notice that about 100 feet in front of you, there's a set of monk metal bunker doors in the ground. What do you do? Quick, Sloan, do you do anything? I need him. I'll I'll keep I'll keep track of the code. Okay. Yeah, you, no, I, I understand. <laughs> I was like, uh. <laughs> no, it's um, you have. I'm not gonna make you memorize that. It'll just be, oh, this is in Sloan's memory. Thank you. I was like, I could do some weird magic stuff, but yeah, no, you're fine. Um, so what's in front? Bunkers? There's a there's a set of bunker doors, uh, metal bunker doors, about a hundred feet in front of you guys, in front of the van. King, so there's no way to see inside. No, it's closed. You so have go, to enter. We go. Uh, we. I suggest going to knock on the bunker doors. I I uh. He said, I guess that was in character. <laughs> well, I didn't know Arnold. Arnold got back in the middle of me saying that. So then I said it as a. All right. So, I mean, yeah, we'll accept that in character. Yeah. So he suggested. Yeah, we'll accept that in character. <laughs> hey, do you want to go to the bunkers? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's supposed to be. Tight. 
Uh, so, so we, we go over. Yeah, it you're over by it. It's a um, it's a metal door with one of the steering wheel, uh, like one of the locks. It looks like a vault door in fucking Fallout. If I'm gonna be blunt, but it, yeah, it ties down like that. There's an intercom button and a keypad. Uh, you type in 1451 because you have it memorized, Reaper. and the speaker buzzes, um, and it's asking for an audio input. Uh, and so into it, you say rebirth. Can you give me a very dramatic rebirth? Rebirth. Rebirth. And there's a, there's a chime, a couple of chimes of ding, 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 ding. It's a very funky, no, it's not, that doesn't happen. Um, and the wind, the, the wheel starts to spin counterclockwise and you notice it kind of struggle. Uh, at, like it was forced open not too long ago and there are hand indentions on it as if someone had squeezed down and pulled it open themselves. Um, but eventually it slides all the way across and you make it through. Uh, you enter and immediately inside there's a metal sign that says New Renaissance, Bunker 23. You pass it and you walk through a metal tunnel. Uh, lights are flickering and the only sound you two hear is kind of an echoing of your footsteps. And at the end of the tunnel, there's a, a pair of circular sliding doors that are broken open, fidgeting back and forth in the mechanisms. Uh, a spark flies out of it, and you, you're, you can easily push past it, no issue. And now you're in the interior of a fairly elegant, barely lit room. There's a set of spiral stairs at one side and a series of metal doors on the surrounding walls. You can't make out many of the details. At the center of the room, there's a round table with several chairs, and it, the table looks kind of futuristic. I don't know how, how else to describe that. Technologically advanced. And there's a keyhole on the nearest on the side nearest you. Uh, it looks like a car keyhole. And uh, the room seems abandoned and, and silent, but again, the lights are not on, so you don't totally know. What do you do? Sloan approaches the round table, the future table. He does that. I press buttons. Nothing happens yet. Uh, but you feel the key vibrating in your pocket. The keyhole. Over there. On the table. Sloan exclaims, the keyhole over there. <laughs> and runs to the keyhole and uh, uses the key. I use the key. Okay, you, you put the key in and turn it right. And um, lightning or what looks like lightning kind of shoots out of the table straight up and back down and again, and another strike and a cylinder of what looks like electricity, kind of a static in uh, kind of creep forms up and then it's gone. Uh, and there's nothing, but there's a voice and it says, welcome to bunker 23. My name is Siri. Uh, and apparating at the center of the table is a holographic head that looks you know what? You, you go ahead and tell me what celebrity this looks like. What is this? I've, I've imagined it as like Cortana this whole time, but let's have a little freedom. Um, can it Brandon be Fraser. <laughs> My first thought was the, the guy, the big like head from Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, Zordon? Zordon, yeah. Do you want to be Zordon or Brendan Fraser or Brendan Fraser playing Zordon? A mixture, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? I don't, uh, 
we could do Zordon. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the image because okay, so she shoots out and she looks like Cortana, but Zach, after this, you realize that one of the buttons you were hitting is a customized button. <laughs> And Sloan, you just hit it one more time, and it's on the random setting. And out of nowhere comes fucking Brendan Fraser, straight out of the Mummy movie, wrapped in this kind of like Zordon headdress, looking down. But the voice is still exactly the same. Well, uh, I don't know who designed this, but okay. And Siri speaks again, and she says, and this is, she's distressed. Something happened here. I know you're not members, and I know that I kind of kidnapped you. But I need your help, and, and you will be greatly rewarded if you resist me. We need to figure out what happened here. What do you guys do? All right, let's do it. God, Sloan is just somewhere into this now. Like he, just, he didn't like being around people. That's what Zach's... That was the issue when Zach was here. I'm scared. <laughs> Fair Sloan, enough. Um, Sloan scared. <laughs> all right. So, sh- yeah. Ben, do you say anything? You just kind of nod. Ben nods. <laughs> he hadn't seen another person in 12-hour car ride, so he's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> shoot, there's more people again. Uh, Siri, Siri acknowledges this. She's what you need to do is find any any of the members. It should not be empty here. And then she says, maybe this will help. And she turns up the light in the room. And now everything's kind of visible. Uh, you can see just how damaged it is. The walls are riddled with bullet holes. There are bodies lying against it with bullet wounds. And dead center, uh, uh, all with dead center forehead wounds. Like a hole, dead center of the forehead with black veins erupting from the holes. Oh dear, they're not supposed to be dead. I need you to enter the security room and figure out what happened. And a metal door to the left side of the room slides open. And um, out, out, of Siri shoot, out of the table shoots a little USB drive, uh, a flash drive. And you, uh, she take it. She says, plug this in to the other rooms to give me access and we can help, and we can help each other. Okay. I take it. I look at I, – I shake my head no at uh... – Ben? Ben. (laughs) (laughs) You want it? Huh? You want it? Uh, Sloan looks back and forth between Ben and (laughs) Siri. I want to get away from her, but like not go into the thing yet. It's a bad idea, Ben. I think we need a help. This is the only place that can give us some answers. I agree. And she locks the front door behind you guys. I really need your help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm loving this. Well, um, okay. I'm not staying alone, so... You can't do this alone. <laughs> Throw it back. Um, so you enter the security room. Uh... In there, there's a couple of chairs sitting in front of a smorgasbord of screens. Uh, inside of the chairs are two guards, both dead. Um, in, in the screens, several, if not all, are cracked and all staticky. And there's a bunch of buttons uh, in front in, on there that allow you to edit and deal with some shit and watch stuff. 
uh, and a USB slot. What do you do? I stick in the USB. Siri moans. Baby. Insert I put it the in. Wait, well, I put it in the wrong way first. <laughs> and then I flip it over and I put it in. And it turns out that's the wrong way. So then I flip it over and I put it in the first time and it, it goes in. Siri says, I'm so sorry. That normally never happens. Uh, and a little hologram of Brendan Fraser appears on it. <laughs> and um, he starts uh, adjusting the screens. And it rewinds to a couple of hours ago. And it's showing the main room, the one you guys just saw. And it has a couple people sitting around the table discussing things uh, when the metal doors at the front open and they look shocked. Several of them reach for their guns, but not before they're blown backwards. Uh, another screen pops up showing another dip, uh, point of view, and you see Clay Valentine with his walking in, scarred head to toe, with pistols drawn, doing some kind of like. Have you guys seen Wanted? Yep. The Curve the Bullet movie? Yep. Okay, so you'll know. It's a montage like that where every bullet just lands dead center in these guys' heads. Yeah, it's beautiful. He curves bullets, they go around the room. One of them misses. And he says, uh, 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 and it pulls back and hits someone else in the head. <laughs> um, Dang. There are double headshots. It's really fun and cool. Uh, he slaughters the entire room and the guards included. And he walks over to a room uh, and with bare hands, a door, a set of doors. And he, with his bare hands, he peels open the door. Like he uh, has bare hands? Yeah, he rips out his hands and he activated bare hands. Yeah, spell. didn't and you listen to our Thanksgiving special? He was, uh, <laughs> when he was sewn back together this time, they really made him an amalgamation of animals. <laughs> uh, no, with his standard scarred hands, he rips it open. Uh, and uh, this, underneath that screen, uh, where the one he enters, it says, um, Supernatural Item Vault. And uh, in that one, it shows a, uh, an internal of him prying open the doors and two guards charge him and he breaks one of their necks uh, and jams a gun inside his mouth and shoots through his skull to the other one. I had a lot of fun with this. I did this while I was talking to dogs. Um, they start shooting until their clips are empty and there's uh, a reverse shot show uh, that shows Clay with bullets passing through him. And Clay, Ugh. as he's walking in, he just grabs a ball on the uh, from one of the shelves and throws it at this group, and the camera goes static. Everything kind of goes static. And as time passes, you see him entering every, every, every other room and every camera going static, and suddenly every screen there is, is static. And you hear Siri, you hear Brendan Fraser say, go to the item vault. We need to know what he took. And the USB pops out. Siri, can you lead us there? And a series of lights pop on on the ceiling and exit the exit the security room. And if you were to follow them, they would light up all the way to the supernatural item vault. Let's go. Follow. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, have either of you seen Warehouse 13? No. No. That's disappointing. Watch your sci-fi TV shows. Uh, you're at the Warehouse 13 vault. Um, and you pass the bodies of a couple guards and enter into a deeper section where the walls are lined with boxes and uh, shells and containers and all kinds of crazy things. Um, weirdly enough, uh, actually, can you both roll plus weird for me? Three plus yeah. three, six. You don't feel shit in your mark experience. Eight. Zach, are you trying to roll? Nine plus three. Well, 12. 
Okay, Zach, you sense the shit out of some magic. Like, there is just fucking magic everywhere. And you don't know, it's, it's overwhelming to you. Uh, Arnold, you walk into a bookshelf. <laughs> it's, Wait, you, what did it, Arnold roll? He rolled a, uh, a, a six. six. By, yeah. With, with, yeah. So you walk into a bookshelf and something falls off and hits you and you're just really uncomfortable. The magic, you sense it, but it's like disorienting to you. You feel me? Yeah. Um, uh, and now you, near the center of the room, you see a group of bodies, but kind of in a, in like a metal boulder uh, jammed together with, with limbs and things sticking out as if uh, everything was just kind of pulled toward, toward it at once with a, uh, like a magnet bomb had been thrown. And um, there's, a, there's another USB drive at, on the table. There's, a, there's a, On the table where these guys are near, let me explain. On the table where these guys are near is a kind of, not a, not a slot machine, but like a lottery ticket device and um, connected to a computer. And there's a USB slot on the computer. I'm going to assume you just jam it in. I jam it in. But this time you looked at it first, so it goes in nice I look and smooth. at it, it goes in nice and smooth the first try. And immediately Siri pops back up in her typical Brendan Fraser face. And she says, missing items. Number 683, magnet bomb. Number 247, metal morph. Number two, number eight, Phoenix Ashes. Whoa. And she goes, oh, dear. Uh, what he's taken is not good for mankind. Uh, what you see in front of you is the uh, effect of the magnet bomb. He threw it here, and all the metal in the room collapsed into this one area, all the non-magic metal in the room, the security camera, the guns, and it engulfed these people these poor soldiers Yikes. uh from here i've been able to access the entire facility there are no survivors i can't i still can't find deacon but i've lost communication with all other facilities i need can i trust you two yes Yes. On the on the slot, not on the slot machine. On from the computer pops up a um, a device, not a device, kind of a weight machine, like a like a scale. And on either end of the scale is is a watch. And she says, "Put these on." Do you take the watch? Do you leave it? I take it, but I don't put it on. I take it and put it on. It fits snugly on your wrist. Um, and Siri says, before I can move on, I need you both to be wearing this. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I glare <laughs> at her. And Brendan then... Fraser glares back <laughs> deep into your soul. And then, <laughs> and then I reluctantly put it on my wrist. Wrong call. Both of you instantly die. My ankle. Uh, no. Um, it was a fake wrist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fake. fake hand. <laughs> yeah, that was one of his tattoos. 
<laughs> just a bunch of mannequin arms. Um, okay. And holographically outside of both of the watches appears Brendan Fraser's head. I am now with both of you. You guys kind of hear this echo. Uh, and we can help each other. At the moment, what I'm going to be doing in the new Renaissance bunker here is cleaning it up and resetting it. Until we know what has happened or what we need to do, we still need people defending the good and the free. We need people like you to take up these arms. You don't have to establish yourself with the organization, but use this as your bunker. <laughs> this location is now a safe space for you. But also, if you prove that I can't trust you, these watches will do very bad things. I knew it. So just, like, be trustworthy to me. Don't destroy the machine. That's all I ask. We'll see. If I'm to believe everything you've told me in the report of Sanctum, Maine, then you two are absolutely the right two for the job. What job exactly? We were established years ago by an unknown man to defend the world against evil, against the Firebringer. Prometheus. That is one of his names. If you've interacted with Prometheus, then you know just how dangerous and necessary you are. We need your help. He's been able to eliminate so many others. We need new defenders. And smirks and looks at Sloan and says, so we're the defenders? No. Not yet, at least. Ben's nodding his head. Yeah. <laughs> the defenders. All right, what else? I promise a reward. Ooh. And I think that'll be what really entices you, Sloan. I'm listening. For all of our agents, there is a lottery system with the supernatural item vault. And in this, and the machine shows the balance, the weight, uh, the balance again, and a, and a lottery ticket kind of eater. Um, at the end of every successful mission, when they do something proper and add something to the trophy room, there's also a trophy room here, guys. So if you ever want to collect things, you can just like make a little idol, um, nice. which is fun. Um, like Smash Bros. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, no, um, you will get a ticket as soon as you accept your responsibilities. It'll be your first ticket. You will put it in and you will be able to retrieve a supernatural item that has been claimed here at random. These are made at random so that it is fair to every member and someone doesn't pick the atomic bomb and leave everyone else with Fluffy Bunny. Okay. Fluffy Bunny OP, baby. Is this enticing enough to you, Sloan? Sloan. <laughs> Sorry, as my face changes, my voice will adjust as well. And I will adapt to Brendan Fraser as Zoron. <laughs> Zordon. <laughs> What is this? Yeah, this will do for now. 
<laughs> Fantastic. And uh, two tickets slide out. One for each of you. Uh, do you guys are you guys ready to play the lottery ticket game? Play this game and we and then we can establish where we go from here. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Zach, uh, this actually is a weird mechanic that I had done with two dice, so I don't know how it's going to work with that. Can that roll a? Um, can it roll uh, one six-sided die? Yeah. Okay. So what, what I'm going to need you to do is when we do, we're going to do Ben first, um, and then we'll kind of do we'll we'll show this. So Ben, you insert your lottery ticket, right? I assume. Yep. Okay, Ben, you put it in there. Above the left, stage left, above the stage left uh, balance side of the balance, uh, two numbers show up. Ben, roll two dice. Multiply them together. Multiply them together? Yeah. yeah. Six times five. 30. 30. Ben, and the item that shows up, and it has a little title underneath, it says, the Black Tuesday bow and arrow. And it looks just like a children's bow and arrow, but with like a red two-dimensional graph style arrow in it. Uh, and there's a little piece of paper that comes out with a description by a, by a different agent. And it says, in poor taste. When the stock market crashed, this was the arrow from the graph. It has very strange effects. Mechanically, if you were to get this one, uh, when you hit something plus tough with it, uh, you instantly, no matter whatever it is, uh, cause it to crash, context depending. Uh, downside, you get depressed after each crash. Oh my gosh. It's the Great Depression. Um, and on the other side of the balance, two more numbers show up. Roll again. Six and four. 24? Yep. Uh, 24. And now <laughs> above this one is a hologram of three fake mustaches. One is a curly Q mustache, one is bushy, and one is thin and long. They look like children's toys. Uh, they're in a plastic container with a stamp that reads, Too Good. My wife didn't recognize me when I put these on. <laughs> Mechanically, uh, these have one use each. When wearing them, no one will recognize you. You will com be completely disguised to anyone see who uh, sees you before uh, until they are removed. You will can basically pretend to be anyone and nothing will be familiar and you'll be able to be in disguise as whatever the fuck you want. It's like psychic paper. Um, nice. And now there's a red button underneath either side. You get to choose one of these items. Both <gasps> all the way. You click the item? Get, he doesn't I get mean, both. I click the bow and arrow. You click the bow and arrow. Oh, the fake mustaches set on fire oh. and are immediately incinerated. Uh, but you get the bow and arrow. Nice. All right, I gotta just mark that they're incinerated. Congratulations, you might want to mark that down. Black Tuesday bow and arrow. Uh, I can give you all this stuff again. Black Tuesday. <laughs> Got it the second time. Uh, wow, wrong choice. Well, you guys, you will see. Incinerated. Um, all right, Zach, you got the idea? Yes. Okay, cool. So now we're... Sloan, you're up next. And Sloan, you slide your lottery ticket in. Can you roll a, a D6 twice and tell me what they are? A one and a six. One and a six. Oh, beautiful. Oh, this is actually the one I asked you about. Fun. And <laughs> on the screen, it just has one really good hit of LSD. Like, really, really good. But it won't hit you for a while. 
And then in the paper, it says, this is the last one left. Jenny took all the other ones and died. Oh. However, she still haunts this last hit. But, like, even her ghost is still tripping. It's a really good hit of LSD. It's a really good. Uh, and if you take this, it'll grant you a perception bonus uh, that you, you'll, you'll see the world kind of as it really is. You'll see through any, any fakeness, and it'll be trippy as hell, but you'll kind of see uh, everything as it's giving you, like, a plus one sharp ongoing. And, but you take minus one cool while you have it just because you, you're not really in control of everything. Yeah, and, um, fair. It'll fade away after about an hour. It's one hit. But permanently, the ghost of Jenny the druggie will show up and randomly grant you this sight again. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, that's how I took ghost tripping, the ghost, the thing I was meant talking to you about. Ghost tripping. So now it's an official ghost. And roll two dice again so that the other side can light up. A five and a five. Five and a five. Twenty-five. Oh, I told you about this one. Uh, this one is called the Cinnamon Challenge. <laughs> and I didn't... These are like the two that I designed knowing Zach Dietz as a human being. And I'm so sorry that you got both of them. Uh, a vape that appears to have unlimited cinnamon flavoring. Brett wrote down, Agent Brett, uh, goes down smooth, but shoots out kind of a suffocating cinnamon sensation. Mechanical. Once per day, roll plus cool to blow smoke at enemies, blinding them, and depending on the roll, doing harm and choking them. Zach, Sloan, weirdly enough, a new button kind of shows up for you. Ooh. And it's one in the center. And you don't know what the fuck it does. It's got a question mark on it. But you can choose either uh, either of the first uh, either of these items, the one really good hit of LSD or the cinnamon mm -hmm. challenge, or you can hit this button. Well, I obviously take the vape. You t okay? No, I'm kidding. I press the button. <laughs> you press the button. <laughs> yes. Goodness. Okay. Uh, Curiosity killed the cat. Both items burst into flame. Nice. But. You now get to pick a number between 1 and 18. And tell me that number. Just any number, and a new item will show up, and you'll get that item. 18. 18. 69. Oh, my God. Okay, this is, uh, this is an item I really hope to introduce, actually. I also wish you chose 17. Uh, but the, uh, the item that shows up in the center of the flames and smoke is labeled the die of power it is a d20 die uh and the six and the six and nine are underlined to this to show which is which it is 69 that's exactly <laughs> what it is it is a pure it is like a white like a really bright white uh with deep black numbers and uh, the description is briefly featured on Futurama's D&D &D movie. The die of power is unpredictable and destructive. Uh, be wary of a critical fail. Basically, you're going to want this app, this the die thing there. Anytime you choose to roll this, I will assign 20 different things, 20 different outcomes, and you roll a D20 randomly, and some crazy-ass thing will happen. That's awesome. It might be good. It might be bad. I, obviously, a natural 20 and a natural 1 will be inherently good, and the other one will be inherently bad. But you've just gotten the die of power, 
and it's one of my favorite items. Congratulations. I put it in my pocket. All right, so you guys take that and you put it in your pocket. Don't lose that one. <laughs> um, go ahead. You might want to mark somewhere that you guys have these items uh, and prepare them as part of your weaponry or whatever you need them for. Zach, I don't know what the fuck that's going to do yet. I didn't expect you to, to choose or this to happen, but it did, and I love it. Um, cool, cool, cool. And here's the fun part. You guys enter back to the center room. This is kind of the ending. You enter back to the center room, and uh, Siri's already started cleaning everything up. There's little holes and dealing with bodies and robots that have kind of come up that she's embodied and taken them. Although now they all, oddly enough, look like Brendan Fraser. So Brendan Fraser clones and robots are just cleaning up the room and getting everything prepped. And you guys go to the table. Uh, and do you ask Siri anything? Do you want to know what to do next? Do you want to know? What do you want to know? Um, so I got this really cool bow, Siri, and I'm just wondering when I can shoot Prometheus in the face and get my parents back. When we find him, you can shoot him in the face with whatever you want and cause, apparently cause him to crash. Okay. Uh, when, when can I find my parents? I assume after you defeat Prometheus? I don't know about your parents, dude. Slow laughs. Siri, this just sucks. Life sucks, kid. Uh, actually, Sloan, weirdly enough, <laughs> as you say that, a crack in the ceiling is heard, and out of one of the, uh, not air conditioning, but one of the heating ducts, sort of slides down. Uh, like a standard heating, you know how they work, like the things that people crawl through. Yeah. One slides down and starts to fall a little bit by bit, and out of it slides a man. A man in like a t-shirt, and he falls a good 10 20 feet before hitting the ground. He just lands on his back, totally unconscious. And on his way down, he cuts part of his right sleeve. And lying in front of you is just a man. He's got an interesting, it seems like a charismatic face. Uh, but the really interesting thing is what you guys can see out of the cut part of his sleeve is the tattoo of a triangle.